friends. You've now entered the Man Cave Podcast. Unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items. Like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, presented by Hy-V and Toys and Ford. I'm your host, Dan Casper, just like every other episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Welcome to this episode. We're going to talk some baseball, spring training games starting off, our first glimpse of some of the new rule changes. So we ask, what was your first impressions of the new rule changes out there? We're also going to talk a little hoops, badgers, Picked up uh, a loss in overtime against Michigan. Marquette, they got the Big East title. Bucks have won 14 games in a row, unless you're my kid Hudson, who thinks they've won 15 in a row because he counts the All-Star game. And they're with Drew Holiday and uh, Giannis on the same team there. So, But uh, we kick things off talking a little baseball here. Since we're talking baseball, too, I kind of posted a question up on, on my Facebook page yesterday. Facebook.com slash Casper Sports. But I uh, was with a buddy this weekend, and he's getting back into a little card collecting and such, but he's all in baseball and that. And, and uh, we were kind of talking baseball and such, and uh, kind of made me wonder too, besides Griffey, okay, besides Junior, who was your favorite baseball player from the 90s so take griffey jr out of it because that's like the majority of everybody's pick so if you take griffey out of there who was who was either your next or maybe this was your your favorite besides griffey a lot of kenny lofton picks i think that that's quite a few between facebook and twitter we had some kenny uh, lofton picks had some vaughn picks either it was greg or mo on there but uh, I was kind of curious. I'm like, okay, no, I don't think anybody's picked a pitcher. I know we had quite a few comments. I don't, maybe I missed one, but I don't think anybody's picked. Uh, no, we did have a Roger Clemens pick. That's right. There was a Roger Clemens pick on there. So, but if you haven't chimed in on that, hit me up on Facebook or Twitter. All right, who's your favorite uh, '90s MLB baseball player not named Junior Ken Griffey Junior? could throw in Cal Ripken Jr. So I got to say Ken Griffey Jr. on there. Let's go. Kind of curious. Because I was trying to, I was thinking about that when I was talking to my buddy over the weekend. And uh, I was like, yeah, Frank Thomas was probably mine because to this day, I still don't know why I grew up as kind of a, I wasn't a diehard, but I had a White Sox hat. And I remember always playing as the White Sox in video games. So I was always kind of like a Frank Thomas type of fan there, but not really a diehard. But Thomas would be up there for me. I think like Cal Ripken Jr. Also up there too. But eh, let's let's see your list out there. Uh, okay, speaking of baseball, let's get things rolling here on the uh, opening drive this morning. Uh, so we saw some spring training games over the weekend. Brewers kicked off their spring training on Saturday. Probably heard that game here on the uh, radio dials of 105.1 FM and 790 AM. Uh, this was our first glimpse for many about uh, some of the new rule changes, bigger base pad, pad, 
bigger bases. I was going to say bigger base paths, but bigger bases. Banning the shift and obviously the the pitch clock. In the pitch clock, we actually saw it affect kind of a, a batter, right? In that Atlanta game, tie ball game, base loaded. Batter thought he had the winning uh, walk. Ended up being he was ringed up with another strike, which means it was his final strike there because he wasn't in the batter's box in time. So we kind of saw it affect hitters in, in that essence. But some of the numbers to kind of come through, I mentioned it uh, at the beginning, but in case you missed it, uh, Mike uh, Monaco tweeted this out. 2022 MLB average spring training game lengths, three hours. And so far, in the small sample size that we have gotten this year, two hours and 39 minutes. We're talking about 21 minutes shorter. 21 minutes shorter in baseball. Have you, listening right now, has one of your biggest bugaboos in terms of watching baseball and and maybe being a fan of baseball, but has, has the length been one of the biggest issues for you when it's when it's coming to, to watching baseball? Or are you of the mindset of, you know what? If I'm watching baseball, I understand it might be for three hours or so. If you want to talk about last year's regular season games, the length average was about three hours and seven minutes. The regular season games. The spring training games last year were three hours. Regular season was about seven minutes longer. And I was when I was kind of looking at some of this stuff last night and, and early this morning, I saw some people kind of talking about comparing Major League Baseball to, to the NFL. And I saw some of these numbers. Now, again, I don't know if they're 100% accurate. But this was something kind of on, on, on Twitter and such. Average MLB game, again, a little over three minutes. The, quote, action time in Major League Baseball is 18 minutes. They compared it to the NFL where their game lengths are longer, three hours, 10, 12 minutes, and their average time of, quote, ball in play is 18 minutes. So there's some argument, does baseball need to be sped up more? Does it need to become more entertaining? The thing is, it's like, how do you get baseball, though? My, my counter-argument to that would be, is like, how do, you, how do you get baseball more entertaining without really like changing it into this goofy type of game? You know, I don't want any like, hey, hit it here and get five extra runs or something. You know, stupid stuff like that. I don't, I don't know how you you adjust baseball to make it quote more entertaining. Like, like what is? I, I I get some of the comparisons being out there, like football. You know, you got you got one play, but it could be a highly entertaining play, and then you know it's like, okay, you got the you got the play clock call the play in, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I understand it. But I just, I don't know what you could do if if we were to kind of, you know, this this one, some people out on Twitter saying, does baseball need to speed up or become more entertaining? Like, what, what, I, I don't know what you can do. This is baseball. 
Baseball is baseball. I don't want it to become too gimmicky. I don't want it to be, you know... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it is what it is, and the best counter to that is probably speeding up the the play of the game, the pace of the game. I mean, because I'm sure all of us have kind of been there, whether you're watching it on TV or actually at the ballpark. After a few innings, after you get, what, to the fifth, sixth inning, Seventh inning, you're kind of like maybe watching the clock. It's like, all right, can we can we get this going here a little bit? Especially like on TV when you go through the first few innings and then it's all the pitching changes, then it's like, ah. Oh. That's when it kind of starts to slow down. It's like, oh, geez. Okay, starter's done. Now you got pitching changes and you got relievers coming in. Because it feels like after the, the first couple innings, first few innings, it, it's going at a good pace. But then you you got all those subs. You got all those substitutions coming in. So I'm I'm good with you know, my first initial thoughts again, it's a it's a small sample size. I like the clock. I don't know. Can we call it a pitch clock though? Can we come up with a different name if if hitters are, you know, they gotta be in there within eight seconds and such? Can we just call it the clock or the the play clock? But I'm I'm good with the clock on here. This pace of play, it, I think, you know, baseball is a different type of game to watch, especially when you're in person, because it always had the laid back, casual like game. You know, it allowed you maybe to, you know, talk to the buddy next to you, talk to the other fan. You might miss a pitch, you might miss a few pitches. You get up, you walk around, go grab yourself a beer and a dog, or. Or something like that. Whereas football, it's like, okay, you're trying to time out your bathroom trips between, okay, between the first and second quarter or at halftime. It's a mad rush. Everybody's waiting in line. Or it's like, okay, I'm going to wait until my team's on defense because I don't want to miss the offense potentially, you know, scoring a touchdown. Football, you're trying to time it out that way. Baseball, you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whenever. Just get up there. And because you're kind of, you know, lollygagging. Basketball, it's so back and forth, high pace right there. It's just, I think that's why my five year old is so into basketball right now because it's just constant action of back and forth. Now, baseball with this, with the clock and such, you're kind of more in tuned, I feel like, that you're more, you know, you, you don't kind of daze off or you don't doze off or you don't kind of like, like get it in, like, okay, I'm done. This is, bo-, you know. Checking out essentially, you you got to be tuned in. It's 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 happening quicker. I kind of like it. I wasn't sure what to what to expect to be honest with you, and I'm still not sure. You know, because this is just a a small sample size. But my first impressions, I like it. I like this faster pace of play. I think it'll keep people fans engaged. A little bit longer too, and we're going to see it, you know, in the Eau Claire area with uh, with the Express and Northwoods League action too. So, guess to sum it up, my first impressions: thumbs up. I like it. Now, let's. I, I would be curious to see. You know, once we get into the regular season, I mean, this is kind of a try it out period for a lot of these these players too, and I think for for hitters, 
You know, as we mentioned, that Atlanta game, dude got rung up. Because he wasn't in the batter's box in time. All right. You know, because how many of us, you know, been annoyed with that batter, Ryan Braun, adjusting the gloves, adjusting the gloves, taking a deep breath, blah, 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 getting, you know. It's a routine. We get it. You hear athletes, you hear people in sports all the time talk about developing a routine, free throw routine, you know. Just a, it's a, it's a mental thing. Well, you got to change your routine now in baseball if you're a hitter. And when I was listening to that game on the radio the, on on Saturday, you know, I was driving around and such in, in the in the good old truck, you know, listening and then you know hopping out, running in somewhere, coming back in. It's like holy crap, they're already you know second time through the lineup or something. Uh, but, you know, just a couple games in for, for the Brewers. If we saw Rowdy Tillis hitting a dinger. Garrett Mitchell, two-homer day on Saturday when the Brewers beat the Dodgers. That game, if anybody was wondering, too, two hours and 21 minutes. It was clocked in as. In case anybody was just curious. So, uh, yesterday, though, the, uh, the Brewers dropping a couple games there. But Garrett Mitchell, man. Not a bad way to start off spring training. Probably going to be the opening day starting uh, center fielder. That'd be a nice little boost over there if he can, you know, cut down on the strikeouts and such like we saw him at the end of last year when he was called up. You know, obviously made some plays. Made some big hits, but struck out a little bit there. But, you know, first time up, understandable. Totally get it. But, man, that would be kind of cool. That would be a big boost for this offense if Garrett Mitchell can can be a threat at the plate, especially with his speed. We know about his speed. MLB.com, I know I've been kind of mentioning a lot of their articles and, and pieces leading up to the opening day, but they selected a dark horse candidate for opening day roster, one player for every single team out there. And... You know, I, I think if we posed that question, and, and I guess we could to our wonderful listeners out there, I feel like Brian Anderson would be a popular name just from, from a lot of you out there chiming in about Brian Anderson the last you know couple weeks, few weeks since he's been signed. That's not who uh, Adam McCauley from Brewers.com picked, though. He went with a pitcher, Gus Varlin. There's a little write-up. The Brewers haven't carried a Rule 5 pick since 2016, but they like what they have in Garland, a former A's and Dodgers prospect, uh, who saw a significant uptick in velocity after moving to the bullpen last year. The difficulty is finding a roster spot in Milwaukee's remade bullpen. The reviews are in. It's the best thing I have ever tasted in my life. This is the best thing that's happened in my life, even better than my wedding. That's what everyone has to say about Man Cave Light, the official beer of the Dan Casper Show and the Man Cave Podcast. Try it for yourself, and you will know exactly why people say it's like sipping a little bit of heaven. Man Cave Light is available on tap at the bar in High V. You can also grab a crawler or six and take some Man Cave Light home with you. So go try your new favorite beer, Man Cave Light, today, and you will know exactly why one reviewer said, I cried tears of joy every time I have one. 
Family-owned and operated, Toyson Ford is proud to serve the drivers of the Chippewa Valley with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the area the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts centers in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealership for all of your automotive needs. Visit them today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa falls bucks picking up their 14th straight win but as uh hudson would say it should be 15 in a row if you count the all-star game with with Giannis and, and drew holiday playing in there but uh they they got the victory also on friday night against miami Giannis did start that game even though there was some questions whether he would or not but he ended up leaving the game due to an injury not his wrist injury that uh, he, that was bothering him, but they're calling it a quad contusion over there. So uh, we'll see. It's kind of day-by-day day sort of thing, but originally they said he banged knees against somebody, and it's like, oh, no, not a knee injury, but now they're kind of call, calling it uh, a quad contusion there. But the Bucks were able to get it done, uh, in big part because of Bobby Portis returning uh, to the game on Friday nights. Jay Crowder making his appearance. Friday night uh, for the Bucks too, but with Giannis leaving early in that game against uh, against Miami, it was kind of the Bobby Portis show. Twenty uh, was it? Uh, let me bring it up here because Drew Holiday had twenty four points, but uh, Bobby Portis eighteen points, eleven rebounds, a double double machine. He had uh, Grayson Allen contributing sixteen, Brooke Lopez seventeen, Chris Middleton off the bench for for twelve points. So. Bucks with the 128 to 99 victory over the Miami Heat, who you know, Kevin Love on the team getting in the starting lineup was over from the field. But uh, then you look at yesterday in a game against the Suns, no Giannis. Suns didn't have KD. He sounds like he'll be making his appearance with the Suns later this week, um, maybe Wednesday. I think they said Wednesday. Uh, whoever they play there, but uh, Bucks got off to a fast start. Phoenix crawled back into it, took the lead, had the momentum there in the fourth with like what six minutes left in the game, but then the Bucks crawling back, big th- big uh, big help and big thanks to Drew Holiday. Crowder making a couple big buckets there towards the end too against his former team, and the Bucks were able to seal the deal, one hundred four to one hundred one. Drew Holiday thirty three points. Brooke Lopez, 22 points. Middleton off the bench, contributing 11 points there. So the uh, the Bucks, as we mentioned, 40, 14 straight games, longest win streak in the NBA so far this season. They have improved to 43 and 17 overall. An impressive 26 and five at home. You know, now when we're kind of getting to March here, they got one more game before they flip the calendar to March here, but. You look at their home record so far, twenty six and five, and that's where I, I'm like, oh, Lord, do the Bucks? If the Bucks get home court advantage, what's going to stop them from not going to to the NBA Finals? What's what's going to stop them there? Boston, I, I think if they do meet on a collision course between Boston and Milwaukee, that is going to go seven. That's going to be a a heavyweight battle. That is going to be an Awesome, awesome series. If that if that were to happen, and it, you can look at it. I mean, Boston's twenty and ten on the road. 
24 and 7 at home, Milwaukee 26 and 5 at home, 17 and 12 on the road. You can make the case whoever's got home court advantage in that potential series might win it. It might go the full 7, but the advantage might be the home court at that point in time. You know, I know they were kind of debating at halftime of that game yesterday. Was it Stephen A. Smith and such? You know, Milwaukee and, you know, the depth that they have. And they're kind of talking about Boston's the only other team that can kind of ma- match the depth that the Bucks have right now. And I think that's fair to say. I would say that that's accurate. And when you look at across the, the NBA, who do you think are the other legit title contenders with about 20-some games and change, again, depending on, on which team you're, you're, you're looking at right now. Bucks have 22. But outside of Boston and, and, and Milwaukee, are there other legit title contenders, in your opinion? I would put Denver on there. I think Denver's kind of running away now with the Western Conference. The next closest team to them are the Memphis Grizzlies, who are five and a half back right now. And the Grizzlies are just one of those teams, too. It's just like, you look at these home-and-away records for some of these teams. The Grizzlies, 25-5 and five at home. Fantastic home record. God-awful on the road. 11-18. 11, 11 and 11-18 and on the road. Even Denver, 28-4 at home, 500 on the road, 15-15. and 15. So I'd say Boston, Milwaukee, Denver... And I think I would, oh, I think I would put Philadelphia in there. They're thirty-nine and twenty right now. They're four games back from that one seed. They're coming off of that loss against Boston over the weekend. But I think with Joel Embiid, you do have James Harden on there. Philadelphia is going to be a factor. They're going to be a tough out. I, I so I, I'm going with four, but. I think there's a really there, there's a chance we might have to say five and put Phoenix in there. I want to see what Phoenix looks like with Kevin Durant inserted in the lineup. Booker, he's going to get his shots. You got DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. Think he's fine being the more of the facilitator. Not really going to be taking away shots for, from Chris Paul, right? But it looks great on paper. It looks good on paper. But we, as we've seen throughout the years in any other sport, just because it looks good on paper doesn't mean it's 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 going to work out. But I mean, you're talking about a Booker and a KD and a DeAndre Ayton. I mean, Bridges is also. I mean, you're going to be taking away shots from him. He's averaging 17.2 per game. But if it does work out, Phoenix could be a dangerous team. They can be a really dangerous team. So right now I'm going to say four legit title contenders in the NBA. Three are in the Eastern Conference. Potentially five. And I know the Clippers are still there too. you got Russell Westbrook adding uh, with, with Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George and such. I know everybody's excited about that. you got Kyrie with, with Dallas. They just they just blew a lead against the the Lakers yesterday. I just I don't know if those are like title contending teams right now. I wouldn't put them in that category. Maybe in the next tier, but not not in that not in that title 
category, at least for me. Maybe that's just me. I'll go with four, but potentially five. I want to see what the Suns look like with with KD in there. So, uh, the rest of you, it looks like a lot of you going four. I know G Man, you said four as well, and you got Bucks and six uh, over there too. But uh, yeah, it looks like the majority of you are going with four. Uh, you haven't listed your teams there, which is okay. But uh, yeah, it looks like a lot of you kind of going through some of the text in there. You are going with uh, with four. So yeah, I'll go four with the potential of of five. All right, let's move to a little bit of college hoops here. I want to start off with let's 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 start off with Marquette. Let's give them a little bit more love here. So they got the Big East regular season championship, twenty three and six this year. They picked up uh, that win against the DePaul. I always like saying that. Two more games left on their schedule: Butler, St. John's. We'll see if they climb up the rankings here a little bit more. They're they're the 10th ranked team in the country right now. But uh, no doubt about it, what Shaka Smart has done in his second year with, with the Golden Eagles and what this what Marquette has done is it, it's fantastic. It's it's absolutely fantastic. He should, Shaka Smart should get some coach of the year consideration if he's not. I don't know why he wouldn't, but he absolutely should. I don't think he'll win. I think it's going to go to Maybe somebody like you know Alabama or something like that, but there's no doubt Shaka Smart should get some serious consideration for Coach of the Year. Only got two more games left in the regular season to finish this up, and then we'll see kind of how it all transpires. Badgers looked like they were going to maybe get the win at Michigan in regulation little back and forth there at the end and they were up three and then every Badger basketball fans favorite opponent Dickinson throws up a prayer and hits the three to force overtime the big man hits the three and forces overtime and the Michigan Wolverines get the 87-279 victory I'm going to get back to that play here in a second but how does this affect the Badgers' chances of making it into the tournament now? 16-12 and 12 overall. 8-10 and 10 in conference play. Here's the thing. Michigan's 11-7 and 7 in conference play. 17-12 and 12 overall. If you were watching the game, the, the, the commentators were kind of saying this wasn't really detrimental to Wisconsin. It was kind of a bigger... It was a bigger win for Michigan than it was a bigger loss for, for Wisconsin. It was kind of the theme that that the commentators were saying after the game or towards the end of the game. And I was looking at bracketology to see if anything has been updated since that game. You know, if you're looking at the Jerry Palms or or the uh, Joel Lunardi. I can never say the guy's name. Lunardi. You know who I'm talking about, ESPN. <laughs> Anyways, they haven't uh, updated it since the 24th, both of them. And they both had Wisconsin as a last four, part of their last four in. ESPN had them in with Oklahoma State, USC, and Mississippi State. Jerry Palm from CBS had uh, had the first four in with uh, Oklahoma State, Penn State, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. 
does this affect it at all? I, I was kind of hoping they'd have them updated here a little bit. But they don't. But now you look at Wisconsin in their final two games here. You got you got Purdue at home. Good luck with that one on the second, March second, Thursday night, and then you finish up at Minnesota. I feel like Wisconsin can lose this game against Purdue, but there's no way in hell can they lose to Minnesota. I feel like if they lose to Minnesota, anything short of a long run of a bit in the Big Ten conference tournament, they ain't going in. They're not going into the dance. I think you can get by with losing to Purdue, but you cannot get by to losing to Minnesota. I'm already chalking up a loss against Purdue. But mm, I just I don't know. It's gonna be tight. And I just and the, and the thing is is like I don't have confidence to say it's a guaranteed win for the Wisconsin Badgers against Minnesota. I just I don't. When you're looking at that game, I mean what else can you say about Connor? Connor Siegen. Nobody really knew a whole lot about him before the season started. Then he comes in, you know, kind of making a name for himself in the early parts of the season. Sets the freshman record, Wisconsin freshman record with threes. He scored 24 points. How about Klesman? 19 points, making some big plays down the stretch. That block that maybe, I th- I'll be honest with you, I thought that block that he had with the corner three where Michigan had less than two seconds left, I thought that was like, all right, that's game. That's game. He was making some plays. 40 minutes of play for him. 19 points. Five of eight from three. But the Badgers overall just shot eight of 23, and Michigan wasn't even that much better at at three either. Michigan was seven of 21 from three, but overall 49.2% from the field. And here's my Monday morning quarterback and second-guessing, what would you do different? We all know what a Monday morning quarterback is. Wisconsin, fouling. When you're, you know... Up three with just a couple of seconds left. You heard the commentator say, I would foul, I would foul, I would foul. Wisconsin didn't foul. And you had a prayer. And it went in. This is the talk all the time when it gets to that situation in basketball. Do you foul or don't you foul? It sounded like Greg Gard wanted the team to foul. He said after the game, you're risking catch shot and you're risking or you foul on the floor. We made a play on the ball we shouldn't have made. The play that uh, guard was alluding to was when Davis jumping to contest the inbounds pass instead of staying square and contesting uh, Dickinson's three-point attempt. So it sounds like Greg Guard, I don't know, he didn't really it's tough. And I was reading a little bit from, from Wisconsin Rivals. And then one of their opening paragraphs said, Greg Gard has struggled to get this year's team to foul when up at least three and time ticking down. Badgers struggled with that same problem in the final seconds. Um, Kamari McGee couldn't get the foul call as the ball was dribbled up the court. Max Klesman blocked... Uh, that three-point attempt from the corner. Guard said he instructed his players 
not to foul due to the catch-and-shoot opportunity that would likely occur with uh, two seconds left on the clock. Instead, telling his players to stay between the shooter and the basket. So there you go. Should he have fouled or should they have not have fouled? Yeah, you know, it's I think you gotta give a little bit of credit to to Hunter Dickinson too for able to take a dribble and shoot. It was it was a prayer. Threw it up there. Big man threw it up there. It was a good shot. I think a little bit more here, you can kind of criticize Jordan Davis's defense. Went after contesting the inbounds pass. Instead of, you know, maybe kind of staying in that lane, as, as we talked about there. But I want to throw this question out to you. If you are a Hoops fan, or if you're a basketball coach listening, or you're a basketball player right now, what do you? What would you do in that situation? For our Monday morning quarterbacking, what would you do in that situation? Would you foul when you're up three with just a couple seconds left? Let's let's do exactly what was that situation last night. So, Greg Gard said he instructed his players not to foul due to the catch and shoot opportunity that would likely occur. I'm assuming he's talking about potential four-point play. Shot, you don't want to foul on a shot. Shot goes in, boom. If you're a hoopster, you're a hoops fan, you're a hoops coach, you are a hoops player, what would you do in that situation? Are you telling your players to foul? Or are you saying, no. You would do what Greg Gard said, telling his players to stay between the shooter and the basket. Let's get a little bit of an informal poll going on here. I'm curious to see what the mindset is for a lot of people out there for a Monday morning quarterback. Uh, kind of some breaking news here. Uh, and I don't know if this will be uh, of, of positive note for Bucks fans. According to The Athletic, the Milwaukee Bucks co-owner Mark Lazary has an agreement to sell his stake in the Bucks to Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. So Jimmy Haslam is going to be a co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks for a cool $3.5 billion. $3.5 billion. So there you got it, Bucks fans. I don't know of a lot of Bucks fans who are happy about this or or what. You go through some of the comments right now on Twitter. And it ain't good. It's it's not a lot of happy Bucks fans. Not a lot of happy Bucks fans. Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam going to be one of the main owners for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. Big thanks for tuning in and checking out this episode. And uh, do me a favor, follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's free. But uh, do so on your favorite podcasting platform like Apple and Spotify. And while you are there, if you haven't already, give us a solid review and a five-star rating so other people can find the podcast. I'm Dan Casper, and we'll talk to you next time on the Man Cave Podcast.